meal or you've given up a certain thing. But here's what it's caused us all to do is to, to, to rest in God at a greater level and to trust him at a greater level. I found a quote from a gentleman and I found this early on, actually last year as we were preparing for this series. And so I've kind of been hanging on to this for for several weeks and actually months, but it's, it's a quote from a man by the name of Elmer Towns. And Elmer Towns is one of the co-founders, I believe, of Liberty University there in, in uh, Virginia. He's a teacher, theologian, uh, and just... I love this quote I found from him that says this, this fasting is not an end in itself, but it is a means by which we can worship the Lord and submit ourselves in humility to him. Fasting invites God in, into the problem. Then in the strength of God, victory is possible. Some of you understand that at a greater level because you did not know how you were going to make it through this, this discipline of fasting, but you've seen God show up and just do what, well, what you needed for him to do. But, but there's a phrase there that, that I want to look at. If we can go back to that first, I, I love this, this bottom line there that says fasting invites God into the problem. You know, there are some things that the Bible points out to us that that every one of us in this room or watching online, we, we all have in common. One of those things is that we're all sinners. You know that, right? Look at your neighbor right now and say, now he's talking about you. No, no, we all have that in common. We're all eat up with this thing that the Bible calls sin. Sin is anything we do that goes against God's plan and will for our lives. Anything that hurts the heart of God, anything that stands against his holiness, that is sin. And we all have that, do we not? The second thing that all of us listening today have in common is what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says this, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, none of us are immune from problems, are we? We all have troubles. There will be adversity that all of us will experience at some point in our lives. Is that correct? Is there anybody here that has lived a problem-free life? No, none of us can raise our hand to that. Now, you may not be in a prob problematic moment right now. You, this season that you're in right now may, may be peaceful and tranquil and no issues, but but, but, but all of us will face struggles. And, and, and I love what, what Elmer Towns says about this thing called fasting. And I love the challenge, he says, about inviting God into the problem. Let me ask you a question. When you face uncertainties and when you face the difficulties that will come your way, to what level do you allow God to step into that moment? I don't know about you, but, but, but I think that especially we as Americans tend to think that, that we're pretty invincible. Do we not? We tend to think that maybe I, I've attained a certain educational level or, or status, or I've got a lot of experience. And so sometimes we, whenever we face a problem or adversity, oftentimes we try to face that out of our own strengths or abilities. Am I talking to anybody? Have you ever done that? And I'm not saying that maybe you, you weren't able to endure and make it through that season, but, but here's what I've come to find in my life more often than not. 
that there are some things in life that I just can't solve. Sometimes I can't pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm just not enough. And, and, and sometimes, even though I have a plethora of people around me, sometimes even their counsel, sometimes even them stepping into my situation, it still is just not enough. And I'm just wondering for you, if you're like me, that sometimes when I get to the end of my rope and when all I have is God, is that enough for you? You see, you might be there today. You've, you've, you've bought the manual and you've read the prescription that a counselor or a therapist or, or, or an expert in whatever you're facing has recommended. You, you, you've, you've looked back on your own past experience and said, you know what? Well, when, when I had that financial setback years ago, anybody remember 2008? Your 401k became the 201k. You remember those days, right? This is how I responded when that storm came. And some of us do that and there's nothing wrong with that. But what do you do when you just, well, when you can't make it through? Have you come to that place where you say, God, you know what? I can't do this. I can't figure it out. I can't solve it. God, I don't have the answer right now. And God, I am desperate for you. I need you. That's a scary place for some of us to think about being, but I'm telling you, I just, I just can't help but think that maybe the victory and the breakthrough you need in your life will only come whenever maybe we get to that place sometimes. Are you with me today? Do you invite God into the problems that you're facing? I love this verse in, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse two. It says this, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Don't you love the promises of God? Aren't you thankful that, that sometimes when we can't solve the problem and when we can't pull ourselves up out of the pit, we have the promise of a God in heaven that says, listen, I'm not going to let you drown. So how are you responding today to whatever it is that you have labeled in your mind in this moment as adversity? That problem you're facing, what are you depending on? What are you resting on to see you through that? I want you to remember the promise of God. He's not going to let you drown. Will, will you allow him to be your rescuer? Or hey, when those flames are encircling you and reminding you, hey, I want to remind you of three Hebrew teenagers that literally found themselves one day in the fiery furnace, correct? And do you remember who, who when Nebuchadnezzar looked at, who was in there with him? He said, oh, I see. Did we put, hey guys, did we not put three in there? But I see four. And that fourth one looks like Jesus, aren't you thankful that when we have problems and face adversities and we just don't know, aren't you thankful that we have a promise from heaven that I'm not going to let you drown? And even though the flames are encircling you and surrounding you, I'm not going to let them burn you up. What is that for you today? Are you inviting God into your problem? 
Father, thank you for the reminder through your word and time and time again throughout scripture that there you are with us in the midst of that. And we rest in that promise today. Thank you, Lord. Church, would you stand and worship with us?
Shepherd 
through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, even in the presence of my enemies, God, you situation you walked in here with today, but I want you to declare this next song with me. It's really simple, but it's a truth that you can hold on to in the middle of whatever situation you're facing, no matter what the circumstances say, this promise goes above that, and it's bigger than that. So I want you to sing this with me. Our God is greater than all things. Greater than all things, greater than all. Our God is greater than all things, greater than all things. Great are you, Lord. Our God is greater than all things, greater than all things. Greater than all Our God is greater than all things Greater than all things Great are you, Lord Come on, just the voices, keep singing that out Our God is greater than all things Greater than all things Greater than all God is greater than all things, greater than all things, great are you, Lord. Feel free to have a seat if you'd like to. I love what words of that psalm that we sang just a, a moment ago. Throughout psalms, we find another time of worship known as Selah. It's a pause in the midst of singing and worship in which most of the Psalms written by David, he would just kind of pause in that moment and say like he would just remember the Lord. So I want us to pause today and, and just pray. And this is your time with the Lord. Listen, you have the attention of a God in heaven. And I'm gonna go back to something that we talked about just our last moment together, what is it that you need to give to the Lord today? What is that difficulty? What is that season of uncertainty maybe you're in? Can you give it to him now? He, he already knows the situation and he already sees the outcome, but he's wanting us to partner with him and to pursue his will for our lives. Selah.
it to invite God into the problem. And if we could go back to that quote that we looked at at the beginning of our time together today, I, I love what the promise is that we find there. It says, in the strength of God, victory is possible. The strength of God. You see, there have been times in my life in which, again, I've had to declare and acknowledge that there's nothing else that can see me through but God. And even before that, though, Elmer Town says that there is an appropriate way that we invite God into the problem. He says it's through humility is what it says. You know, I look at Jesus's life and throughout Jesus's life, we we see him demonstrating humility. That, that, that word humility is, is maybe not a word that gets a lot of traction in our American culture because we tend to think that humility means a sign of weakness. Uh, or if you humble yourself, then, then maybe you become a doormat or, or what have you. But yet I love this reminder, not only through a quote, but, but more importantly through what we see in the life of Jesus that we see strength when we humble ourselves before the Lord. And it's in this spirit of humbling ourselves, coming to God, inviting him to be a part of our problems. Then he says, that's when we see God provide us with strength for the victory. You know, there's no mistaking, if you know anything about Jesus, that he was constantly a man who laid aside himself to embrace the will of his Father in heaven. You, you, you might say that Jesus even understood authority, correct? Because you see him time and time again submitting himself to the will of his Father. In fact, in John chapter 6, verse 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Hey, let me ask you a question. How do you know when you are in the center of God's will. Can you recall a time in your life in which you knew without a shadow of a doubt, this is what God desires for me in this moment? Going back to where we started earlier, how will I know whenever I have made the right decision or when I've taken the right course of action? How will I know I love this model of Jesus. He says, I'm going to humble myself and it's not about me. And I'm going to press in and, and, and I'm going to seek my father. Another pastor scripture, Jesus says, you don't see the son doing anything that you don't see his father doing. There's this intimacy. There's this constant union. There's this alignment in which Jesus was dead set. He knew what his father would desire of his life. And there was strength knowing for him, knowing that he was in the center of his father's will. I, I love just a, a couple of chapters later in, in chapter four, I begin, I believe in verse 34. There it is. Jesus explained. He says, it's my nourishment. I don't know about you, but, but when I fast and when I give up something, my, my energy levels are depleted, right? And I'm constantly looking for, I, I, I'm telling you, like, like pirate's booty. Do you know what that stuff is? It's that, that imitation 
popcorn or something, but I'm telling you, I'm just warning you, don't start with it because you can't stop once you start. It's amazing. But I'm looking for something to satisfy this hunger. Jesus says, my nourishment, you know what sets me? You know what drives me? You know what fuels me? He says, it's doing the will of God who sent me. You remember in, earlier here in John chapter 4, Jesus is baptized at the end of John chapter 3, and he immediately goes into the wilderness. And even there, he fasts for 40 days. And you remember how Jesus counterattacked the enemy's ploys? He quoted scripture. And the Lord sustained him. You see, that's what many of you have come to understand, that your nourishment, even through a fast, or your nourishment in this season of trying to understand which direction to take, your nourishment comes. It will come. Your strength will come from understanding and knowing, and check this out, doing the will of God. Listen, we are big proponents of prayer. We love the word of God, and we encourage you to get into it. Listen, gatherings such as this are important for us as the body of Christ because we receive encouragement. We are able to pray for one another. We're, in, we're able to hear from God and, and spur one another on, as Scripture says. But there's also this aspect of it's not just about prayer and reading the Word and gathering, but Jesus says, my strength, my nourishment comes from doing the will just encourage us with something today church don't ever hesitate don't ever second guess doing the will of God whatever he calls you to do and even though you don't know how he's going to make a way Marcus he always does though doesn't he God I don't know if I take this step God I feel like you're calling me to do this but, but I just don't know I'm just telling you there's strength your nourishment, as was Jesus' nourishment, comes from doing the will of God. I'm going to invite God into my problem. And I'm going to humbly come before Him, seeking Him. Receiving strength from Him as I step into this calling, as I step into and embrace His will. God, I pray that you would get us to that place of surrender where we understand that it's okay for us to humble ourselves and to, to acquiesce, to give way to your ways. Because God, when we are humble, when we are weak, that is when you are strong.
ransom my soul as mercy and grace unfolds. I hunger and thirst. I hunger and thirst. And with arms stretched wide, oh, I know you hear my cry. So speak to me now. Lord, speak to me now. Sing, I surrender. Cause I surrender. Oh, I surrender. Come on, lift it up.